DJ Simulationistas. So, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Welcome to DJ Simulationista Sup. You're here with Janice Pelliatis. And Dan Raymer. What's up, Dan? Sup, Janice. I want to thank you for making 20 minutes for us today during a very intense workshop that you're running. I always have time for you, Janice Pelliatis. So this is exactly what I want to talk about, which is making time when you really don't have time. Here at the Center for Medical Simulation, we teach a comprehensive course, which is a five-day or four-day intense course. And when I teach it and I'm asked to step away for 10, 15, 20 minutes from the course, it kind of throws me off. Like, I don't really like doing that. I mean, you know me. I don't even check my email sometimes when I'm teaching this course. Yet, you're really flexible and you're able to make time in between and you seem to be able to do that. So I'm wondering how. I'm not sure there's anything special about this. As you well know, I'm uh, moving towards retirement and so I'm giving up uh, lots of my responsibilities to other people and trying to mentor them and uh, kind of send them on their way and so i have two wonderful faculty who are uh, working right now doing groups and that's something that i would that i used to do and now i'm sort of backing off of it and letting them do it and we'll talk about it with them later i may stop in after we're done here and see how they're doing but that's so interesting. So wait, is this a style or is this was this all pre-planning? Like, did you really work on their faculty development and make sure during the pre-planning that you could find moments to just back off and step away? Yes, I did. I made it clear that that was um, what I preferred to do. And the two faculty that are teaching today are you know, are pretty far along in in their experience, and so they are able to carry the ball. Okay. There is an interesting dynamic uh, between some of the people in the course that's been difficult for the faculty to handle, and so I've been, you know, heavily engaged in conversations about how to deal with that. and But then stepping back and letting them deal with it? Yeah, for the most part. Love it. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. I, so, think, I think in my old age, I've become <laughs> more, more, more trusting of my colleagues and less controlling and less, uh, you know, all the reasons I think that you know, in my younger days, I felt like I had to do things myself. Probably things about, you know, how people saw me. Did they see me working really hard? Did they see me, you know, doing a variety of things so that they, so that I would uh, seem valuable? 
I suppose there's all sorts of things that kind of drives the... Did that actually work? workaholism in all of us. <laughs> um, you know, it didn't, I suppose. <laughs> I'm um, I think you're doing a because, great job of stepping back. Because, you know, as I've, as I've gotten older and become less intense about everything, which I suppose is a natural, a natural thing, the world still turns and even though there's global warming and things like that, I can't hold myself responsible for that. So, you know, the, the things, things move on and people take over, do things a little differently. You know, that's fine. It's good. It's actually a good thing. So I'm pretty comfortable about transitions like that. Well, I think, you know, I think it's what every Sim Center should be thinking of. There's always a senior person running a course and finding succession plans, you know, even if they're not retiring. Yeah. <laughs> Just finding ways to step back so other people can handle and there could be a redundancy of, of knowledge and skills so that they can step away if they need to or if something happens. I think mentorship mentorship is really is really challenging. Uh, I, I found it really challenging for me because uh, one thing I noticed early on that if I had someone debriefing with me and my job was to be the, you know, the mentor and kind of back them up and give them feedback, I invariably would take over the debriefing. Yeah, you would. And I remember I, those days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I'd find myself apologizing. <laughs> For taking it over, yeah, and they would really. say, "Oh, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's, okay. it's not okay." Uh, Man, I, retirement's been really good for you. Yeah. Well, I learned that if I actually physically retirement's step away, been really good for all of us. You're trying to get rid of me, <laughs> which is okay. No, I'm just loving you're you're so on point. I mean, as I'm reflecting back to what you were like. seven eight years ago versus how you were the last two three years it's you really have taken a step back and and Robert too I feel like both of you have really just kind of loosened up in terms of letting other people go with things and and it's so true I mean you know part of it is brain atrophy and (laughs) part of it is intentional I suppose all right so I just want to say that this topic is not completely not applicable to you in that, I mean, I, I think that everybody has some sort of project that they're working on and you're on a deadline and somehow you've got other responsibilities, everybody does, and you've got to make 10, 20 minutes for something else that really could potentially throw you off, especially when you're on a roll. And this is interesting for me because as you know, and I've, I've had this conversation with you, I am not a follower of the uh, philosophical fad of you can't multitask, you can only task switch. You know, to an extent, I, I believe in that, but I'm, I'm definitely much more of the mindset of some of the neuroscience findings, which is if you're using different regions of the brain, you could probably multitask if you're using the same region, then you you must do some sort of switch tasking. So I think this is interesting because when I teach this course... Task switching, not switch tasking. Oh, what did I, did I say? T- oh, sorry, task switching. <laughs> sorry, task switching. So I think it's interesting for this course because when I'm teaching this course, I cannot multitask 
I have this huge, it's almost like I'm, I'm at service to this course. Even if I check my email for 10 minutes, it throws me off my game. I might read an email that just irks me and now I'm a different person as I teach the course. And so I won't allow myself to do other things, which is strange because I'm, I'm a big proponent of many people can multitask better than other people in life. I, like many, like probably every listener thinks that they're of that camp. <laughs> Multitasking camp. So how do you do it? Because I think you do it a lot. I feel like I'm really poor at it. And I feel like I really need to, when I switch topics, you know, I need When you to switch tasks. Switch tasks. Switch uh, tasking. Uh, when I do switch tasking or task <laughs> switching or switching, <laughs> squishing tasks. Let's just switch the whole task uh, switching. Switch task. I, I, I find I have to... I have to sit with a problem and, you know, let it percolate. And it's part of my procrastination syndrome. I have to kind of, you know, put the apple on my desk and sharpen my pencils and kind of so ease, with your ease bow tie? into I it. I love yes. that image. That's so you. I have to ease into it. So my question is, how do you do it? Because I think you're really good at doing that, where you're working on a project and someone interrupts you, there's always disruption and or distraction. And you're able to just step aside for 10, 20 minutes, engage in something, and then go right back to where you were. I am? <laughs> yeah, I think you appear to be. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a false assumption. I, Maybe I, I'm giving you too much credit. Well, I always take you... credit. <laughs> But I, I am not aware that I'm good at that. I don't like doing it, I don't think. I mean, it depends what I'm working on. If I'm really interested and in, involved in something, I, I don't like to be interrupted. I guess I'm just naturally polite to people when they interrupt me, and maybe, maybe it's a facade that I appear to be interested in listening <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really not <laughs> um, I think my wife sometimes accuses me of that of uh, the facade yes that I, that I'm uh, that I pretend to be listening and that I'm not really listening so she's learned the skills to detect it whereas she we haven't here right yes yes yeah, she often calls me on it. <laughs> I'm not sure we're helping our listeners here. <laughs> no, because I, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. Is, um, I, don't, I don't know that, uh, you know, compartmentalizing um, issues and problems is, is any secret to it. If I do, unbeknownst to me, do it well, I think it's... I, it's not a conscious thing. I don't have any words of wisdom or advice about how to do it. So maybe the words of wisdom is to not do it. Get yourself out of situations where you could relieve yourself of distraction. Well, I think I think you bring up a really important point about about teaching. 
it is about, I know we call it around here, being all in mm-hmm. and being being engaged and connected with the learners. Mm-hmm. If you're distracted and you're looking at your own phone and you're kind of, your mind is wandering, I think learners pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anything special about my wife's powers to be able to <laughs> detect that. I think it probably shows um, in, the, in the teaching. And so I, I suppose I have learned that and I know, you know, I know when I'm teaching, I, I do lose track of, you know, what else is on my plate, and I lose track of, of time passing. I know you're going to make some criticisms about me going on too long, but uh, uh, I'll take that risk. I don't, you know, I... I'm so glad about, you know, your skills of self-reflection. Yes, thank you. It's yeah. defensive, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that I, I, I think that that's a really, really important thing to make sure that you've blocked off the time so that you can be all in and you're not expecting a, you know, a, a call or an interruption. I mean, life moves on. Sometimes you have to do that, but, but certainly to be avoided because I think learners pick up on that, and if you're if you're not fully in, if you're not fully engaged, they sometimes treat that as a license for them to be also not engaged. Disengaged. Yeah. 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 I, so I, I mean, for me too, I think if if I just even miss, if I just take my finger off the pulse of the course, even just for a few minutes, something happens on day four, and I'm like oh, that was because I stepped away then or I wasn't paying attention then or uh-huh. I find myself repeating something that was already said and that just it's not fun when you're a learner and you're like, we already learned that. Right. <laughs> Do you ever have the experience, so this is probably common and, and uh, um, some of you just said made me think of it, where you teach the same course you know, either a clinical course or one of the instructor courses that we teach, and you forget whether you said something or told a particular story or... Oh, yeah, all the time. ...lose track, yeah. Well, especially, that's not... That's not old age or retirement, by the way. That's just a common. No, I, I know. I've always done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, especially when we're teaching back-to-back courses, we teach one course one week, and then the second week we're somewhere else teaching the same course. It's like, wait a minute, did I say that last week, or have I not said that at all this week? It gets very confusing. And then, and then I sometimes find myself saying, did I talk to you about <laughs> such and such? And people look at me like, uh, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> well, if, if I already told you this story, please stop me. You notice somebody's head nodding and you go, did you hear this before? And they go, yeah. <laughs> Very embarrassing. Well, more and more we're getting, oh, I heard, I haven't heard it in this course, but heard it on the podcast. Uh, right. <laughs> then it's like, okay, well, for everyone else. <laughs> uh, right, right. All right. Well, thanks for making time, Dan. And I seem to feel like you were um, 
you really cared about me and this topic and our listeners and the podcast and the, you know, 15 minutes you, you spent with me. So I'm going to have to learn from your wife these skills because you're fooling me. Well, I think, I think it helped you to put these handcuffs on and <laughs> tie me to the chair. Uh, uh, that's oh, the handcuffs? That's yeah. better than the seatbelt. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's always fun to talk to you, and, uh, and I'm always engaged. All right, well, go pay attention to your learners. All right. We'll Bye. Do. Okay, see ya. DJ Simulationistas, what's up? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.